As I share this message with you this morning, if you are watching it on the day that it premieres, Christmas is just six days away. It's hard to believe that Christmas is already here. I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling like time goes by faster and faster every single year. And as much as I'd like to slow time down, it just keeps flying by. Over the last four weeks, we have been celebrating this season of Advent here at Cross Connection Church, and we have been talking about common themes that surround the holiday of Christmas. Three Sundays ago, we talked about the topic of hope, the holy night of Christmas, the night that our dear Savior was born. It brings a weary world a thrill of hope. That's what that great song, O Holy Night, says. The coming of Christ is the advent of hope. The hope that Christ brings is the hope that does not disappoint. It is a sure and steadfast hope, which is an anchor for our souls. All these things are straight out of the scriptures. The hope that Christ brings is a hope that brings ultimate comfort, even in the midst of troubling seasons and circumstances. And you may find yourself at this moment in the midst of a troubling season or a difficult circumstance. A lot of people are going through challenging things. We see the prayer requests that come in every single week at Cross Connection Church. And we see that there are a lot of things that people are wrestling with. But Jesus, he brings into our lives a hope that brings ultimate comfort, even in the midst of troubling seasons and circumstances. The Sunday that followed that Sunday, after we talked about hope, we talked about the fact that Christ's coming brings us the blessing of peace. It is a peace that is not as the world gives. It is a peace that the scriptures say surpasses all our understanding. It is a peace that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It is a peace that theologian Cornelius Plantiga, he said it is a universal flourishing wholeness and delight. He speaks about it as being the way things ought to be. It is the world the way that you wish it would be, the world the way that you desire it to be. Universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. What the scriptures call shalom. And God is the one who's able to keep us in perfect peace as we keep our minds stayed on him. Jesus, the scriptures say, he is the prince of peace in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He brings a peace that is everlasting, and increasing. He brings us peace from God, which brings us peace with God and gives us access to the peace of God and makes it possible for us to live in relationship with the God of peace. Everything that I am telling you about peace and about hope, these things are straight out of the scriptures. We have a hope that does not disappoint, that is a sure and steadfast anchor for our souls. And we have a peace that does not disappoint, a peace that is surpassing all of our understanding, guarding our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. As Paul writes in Romans, when we were still without strength, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And then by his death, we have been justified by faith. And now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our peace, and he has united us together as one. He's broken down the middle wall of separation that was brought into this world by sin. He has abolished in his flesh the enmity that was between God and man, and he creates in himself one new man, thus making peace. Paul writes all of this in Ephesians chapter 2. 
Jesus has reconciled us to God and he's reconciled us to one another. And these are the great truths that we are reminded of during this season of Advent. These are the truths that we really need to think on, to meditate on these things. These are the kind of things that ultimately increase our hope and increase our peace. Jesus, in his advent, in his arrival, he brings us hope and he brings us peace. And last week, we were reminded that Christ's arrival makes the fullness of joy accessible. The arrival of the child that is born, the son that is given in Isaiah chapter 9, 6, is the arrival of a joy that is increasing unto abundance for eternity. This is our hope, and this hope gives us peace and this fullness of joy. It can be a reality in our lives. It can be a reality in our lives as we abide in Christ. By faith in Christ, we receive joy that is increasing unto abundance for eternity. And the fruit of the fullness of joy, it is able to be found in my life as a result of my abiding in Christ, abiding in his word, allowing his word to abide in me, abiding in his love by keeping his commandments. All these things increase our joy. And it is my hope that the reminder of these things has been an encouragement to you this Christmas season. I have to say that it has been an encouragement to me to go back and return to these topics and to really think about them. I've taught on these things every single year for at least the last 10 years. In fact, it was exactly 10 years ago in 2011 that I began doing a regular Christmas series every single year, an Advent series at the church. That one that we started back in 2011, it was called The Key to Unlocking Joy. And what is the key to unlocking joy? It is the same key that unlocks hope and unlocks peace in our lives. Jesus is that key. Without Christ, there is no hope, and there is no joy, and there is no peace. But the advent of Christ is the advent of a hope that does not disappoint, a peace that surpasses all understanding, and a joy that is increasing unto abundance for eternity. And as they say on those late night infomercials, but wait, there's more. There's more to it than just hope and joy and peace. One of our Key passages during our Christmas series has been Romans chapter 5. We have been going back there every single week. And so I want to begin there this week where we read these words. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's that word peace. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. There's joy and hope. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. In and by Christ, we have hope, peace, and joy. And Jesus is and brings the love of God to a dark and dying world. 
The advent of Christ is the revelation and demonstration of God's love. The scriptures say in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is probably the most famous verse in the Bible. It is certainly the most translated verse of the Bible. It is a verse that I hope you know. In fact, I hope that you've heard it so much that maybe you've begun to memorize it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why did Christ come to the world? Why is there a season of Advent, a season of Christmas? Why is this period of time so important? It's so important because Christmas is the revelation and demonstration of God's love. Everything that we receive from God in Christ is because of God's great love. Paul in the New Testament book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, he writes these words beginning at verse 1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast." God, because of his great love with which he loved you and he loved me, even when we were dead in trespasses, because of his great love, he made us alive by pouring out his mercy and his grace upon us in abundance. God's love is so great that it overflowed from him in mercy and grace, which has brought to you and brought to me his peace and his hope and his joy. And this great love with which God loves us. It's not just something that God does. It, it is who God is. I said just a moment ago that Jesus is and brings the love of God to a dark and dying world. Jesus isn't just an expression of God's love, though he is an expression of God's love. He isn't just an expression of God's love. Jesus doesn't just love. He just doesn't do the action of love, but Jesus is love incarnate. The Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation or the payment for our sins. Those are some of the most beautiful and most important words in the scriptures. Love is of God and God is love. And Jesus is God incarnate. Therefore, Jesus is love incarnate. And that word incarnate means in the flesh. So Jesus is love in the flesh. So if like Mick Jones, you want to know what love is, all you really need to do is to look at Christ. He is love and he is the demonstration of God's love. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, John writes, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. 
We need to know this ourselves and we need to share this with others. You need to know today that God loves you. I think that sometimes we doubt that. Sometimes we think things like, I've done too many wrong things. I've sinned so overwhelmingly that God can't possibly love me. But we need to be reminded, even as Ephesians chapter 2 says, he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. He loved you at your worst. You need to know this. You need to hear this on a regular basis. You ought to rejoice in this. And this should increase your peace and your hope and your joy when you think about the love of God. God loves you. You need to know that, but also we need to share this truth with others. I read 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 a moment ago, but I didn't read the whole verse. There in that passage in 1 John 3, 16, we read, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And also in 1 John chapter 4, there's more in that passage that I didn't read. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the payment, the propitiation for our sins. Then verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. A few verses after that in 1 John 4, 19, we read that we love God because he first loved us. So our love for God is in response to his love for us, but also God's love for us compels our love for others, or at least it should. It should be that when we begin to realize all that God has done for us because he loved us so much, then his love for us should begin to stir and compel us to reach out to other people with his love. And one of the ways that we ought to love others is by sharing the good news of God's love with them. Why do we give gifts at Christmas? Gifts are a demonstration of love. Our love overflows in liberality, in an overflow of sharing with other people. It overflows to others, to the objects of our love. We show our love by giving gifts. Why do we do this? Where, where does this impulse that every single one of us have, where does it come from? I think it's due to the fact that our God is a gift-giving God, and you and I were created in his image. The gift-giving God, the God who is love embodied, he overflowed with love towards us, bringing us salvation by grace through faith. And the outcome of that salvation by grace through faith is the increase of joy and peace and hope in our lives. And we, in response to his love, hopefully, are compelled to embody that love and share it with others. The most important thing that you can give others this Christmas is the love of God. It is very likely that this week, especially Friday and Saturday coming up, you are going to be sharing gifts with other people, giving gifts to those that are close to you. And I think that It would be a huge failure this Christmas if you exchanged gifts with those who you love and you didn't share with them the greatest gift, the demonstration of God's love by sharing Christ with them. God's love is meant to be shared with others. As we see in 1 John 4 verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
And so it's my, my hope and my prayer as we have been thinking this season here during Advent about the peace and the hope and the joy that God's love has brought into our lives, that all of those things would stir our hearts to share the good news of God's love with other people in our lives. And you have a great opportunity to do that this week, especially on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I hope that you will take that opportunity and share the good news of God's love with others. But before we close out today, before we wrap up, I think it's really important for me to speak to those of you who have not yet tasted of the love of God. You've not yet received God's love. John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Christmas is the celebration of Christ coming into the world, and Christ coming into the world is the celebration of God's love coming to this world, him demonstrating how much he loves us. In the Old Testament scriptures through the prophets, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. But we oftentimes don't fully understand what love is, and so Jesus came to demonstrate it by dying on the cross so that you could have his love, so that you could experience his salvation. And so I hope that you have received that gift of love, that gift of God's grace and salvation. And there's no better thing that you could receive this Christmas season than the gift of God's grace and his love by receiving salvation, by trusting in him and asking him to come into your life. And so it's possible that I am sharing this message today and this is the first time that you've really fully understood these things about the love of God, the first time that you've really heard this. And I want to give you an opportunity to receive the love and the grace of God today by trusting in Christ for salvation. Romans chapter 10 makes very clear that we receive this gift of salvation, this gift of God's love and his grace by confessing Jesus as Lord, by believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, by trusting in him and calling out to him. The scriptures say that whoever trusts in him and calls out upon the Lord shall be saved and will not be ashamed. And so if you've never received God's grace and his love today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And we simply do that by trusting in the Lord in our hearts, but by praying to him, talking to him through prayer. And he hears us. And so I want to lead you in a very simple prayer today if you've never received God's grace and his love so that you can be justified. It's very simple how we are justified and saved. We admit that we are sinners. We believe that Jesus died in our place on the cross and we confess our sins to him and confess him as Lord and Savior. If you'd like to do that, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer to do that right now. All you have to do is just pray with me wherever you are at this moment. Just a very simple prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. I know that I need you and that I can't save myself. I thank you, God, that you demonstrated your love towards us by sending your son. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross showing how much love you have for us. And I pray that you would come into my life, forgive me of my sin, and help me to follow you by faith. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, this Christmas season, if you have trusted in the Lord, if you prayed that prayer today, we'd love to hear about it. You can just go to the website here on the screen and send us your information so we can be in contact with you and share with you a little bit more how you begin to grow in your walk with the Lord. But here's one of the great things that we know from the scriptures. When you receive the saving power of Jesus Christ into your life, God's Holy Spirit pours out God's love into your heart. His love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, says Romans chapter 5. 
And as you begin to have God's love poured out in your life, you begin to experience this hope and this joy and this peace that we have been talking about this season. These are all aspects of the love of God. These are all gifts that Jesus brings to and brings us in our lives. We have a peace that surpasses understanding, a hope that we will be with God for eternity that gives us a sure and steadfast hope that's an anchor for our souls and a joy that is increasing unto abundance for eternity. God wants you to know that and experience that this Christmas. And for those of you that already know it, he wants you to share that with others this week. And you have a great opportunity. I hope that you'll take advantage of it. Father God, I pray that you will do a work in each of us, in your church, continuing to transform us by your love and by your joy, by your peace and by the hope that you give to us. Transform us so that these things shine brightly in our lives, like lights on a Christmas tree in a dark world. God, shine brightly in us by your hope, your joy, your peace, and your love. This Christmas season, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.